The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you, are you, not, are you not entertained? From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? Now here's your host, Ed Nathanson. Sad dudes! <laughs> I can't. I know. It's so ridiculous. I think you're especially fired up for this topic today. I, I am. This is I am. a good one, man. This is a good one. And, and, and for you, Mr. Music Man, and by the way, I'm going to give yeah. you a shameless plug here. Oh, thanks. The top tens, or top pa- past tens, sorry, uh, past yeah. tens podcast that Dave does is all about tunes. And today mm. is all about tunes. But more importantly, as your leader, my <laughs> tunes, my top ten. Yes. Yes. Just saying your name, man. <laughs> the top 10 jams of all time, according to your leader and savior. Kids are excited. Yes, everyone is excited. So mm-hmm. there is there is no rhyme or reason to this list, Dave, except to say these are my top. I thought long and hard about this. Mm-hmm. These are my top 10 songs ever. Yeah, so it personal to you, not necessarily like that you want to hear at a dance, not necessarily there. It's a, it's an eclectic mix, but you're not necessarily saying, Hey, these are the 10 best songs ever. You're saying, screw you. These are my favorites. My favorite. Take them or leave them. My favorite. And again, as the leader of Ed nation, you will all (laughs) ascribe to this and make it your gospel. As Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the 10 commandments, I come down from Pod 617 Studios and present to you the top 10 jams of all time. So, right. Yes. (laughs) It's both. In other words, they are personal to you, but if you don't think they're the 10 best songs ever, then you're wrong. Correct. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's get into it, shall Let's we? Let's do it, yeah. And Dave, as always, I respect your your opinion, not just as a music aficionado from one of the podcasts that you need to listen mm-hmm. to, the past tens. The past tens, right. Yes, past tens. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. It's awesome. Thank you. You know your shit. Uh-huh. So I'm really curious to hear you know, what you would think of my list. Let's all get right. into it. You want to do number 10 right Let's now? Let's go. Number 10. And I'm going down to sending order. Is Old Man by Neil Young. Let's take a little listen here. Yeah. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. So Dave's Old already man, making a face. Well, I'm being respectful. This is your podcast, not mine. If it was mine, I would have had the vomit sound effect at this point. Or, <laughs> oh, or the wretch or something. I, look, you know, like even Lennon and McCartney had to disagree sometimes. That's correct? right. We correct. don't. Yeah, we don't. It wouldn't be uh, as great a podcast as it was right. if I always agreed with exactly. you. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I like that you bring the thunder like that. So, yes. so what Go I'm going to say is here is you are incredibly wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go and ahead. just say this: Neil Young is a fucking genius. First of all, from CSNY, his days there, to to obviously his amazing Hall of Fame solo career. I love me some Neil Young, mm-hmm. but I love me some Neil Young not when he's rocking. I like Neil Young when he's pensive on the it's guitar. Funny. I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's it's different different strokes for different folks, as they say. Yep. But for me, him and a guitar, that high pitched voice that's so uniquely him. The second you hear it. And this song, it makes me as a young man, or I used to think I was a young man, 
and uh, transitioning to old, it's like it has meaning. It's yep. a young man looking at an old man and an old man looking at a young man and saying, hey, I'm you. It's like that meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when you put it that way. <laughs> Go ahead. You, no, I love the theme of the song. I, you can't, I mean, this is just like, you know, if I don't like chocolate ice cream, be like, why don't you like chocolate ice cream? It's great. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. Yep. I can't. I can't tell you the guy's an asshole. I don't know anything about him. Um, he's had a couple of clever appearances on the, the Jimmy Fallon show. <laughs> Jimmy which does a great impersonation. Yeah. Oh, he does yeah. a great impersonation. Then later, Neil Young has been on the show, and, and they, they did a really funny bit. I'm forgetting what it was. But anyway, um, I just think he can't sing. <laughs> but I, so, but what, you know. Neither could Bob Dylan. Yeah, well, that's true. Yep. That's true. And, um, you know, and then some of the great rockers of all time just scream into the mic. And so Correct. it's all about taste. This is yours. Yep. So I, I res- I'll say this. I respect the pick. I just, it, it wouldn't be mine. That's all. Okay. That's all. Done. All right. Let's move on, shall let's we? On. Yeah. Hell Number yeah. nine is going the complete opposite way. All right. Fasten your seatbelts, yes. everybody, it's for number nine. Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos by Public Enemy. I got a letter from the government the other day. I, I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. <laughs> they wanted me for their army or whatever. <laughs> Picture me giving a damn. I said never. We're already bopping in the studio. Whether you love Public Enemy, never even heard right. of Public Enemy. There's no denying the fucking awesomeness. The power. The power of this. Yeah. So this song is from perhaps outside of Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys, the seminal rap album. And again, it was in the top 100 albums of Rolling Stone, just to give you an idea. I'm not just saying this oh, as yeah, a fan. Sure. It's, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Right. This was That's revolutionary. The biggest, the biggest album, right? Biggest album. Yeah. 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 And it was, the, it was a revolutionary album. This song is about the prison system. Right. And about, you know, the African-American experience in the prison system. I mean, the first line is, I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. Yep. <laughs> Chuck D is like the voice. Prophet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is there a better rap voice in history? Uh, no, I, I don't know. And, and I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the same page with you as that. His voice is just what it should be. Powerful, um, defiant, and I could listen to it all day. But the real genius, you could argue... Was pairing him with, I don't know, if is Flavor even on this song? Not this song. Yeah. I mean, little oh. bits in like the, yo, Chuck, we're coming for you, man. Yeah, right. So that <laughs> right. so that's whoever had that idea, because Flavor Flav taken outside of Public Enemy looks like an idiot. He, yes. he kind of did on that yeah. reality show, right, yes. where he started the dating. Flavor of da- love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and wasn't he on that other one, Surreal World, where he that's started right, dating yes. Brigitte Nielsen, which is the weirdest <laughs> yes, fucking yes. thing ever. Yeah, but you put his voice opposite opposite Chuck D's and it's a symphony rather than a cacophony. It's just so great. well said. So, so yeah. well said. Yep. If you don't know this, I know you know this album, but if you don't know this album, people listening to it's rap at its peak. It's, it's smart. It's political. It's bumping yep. and it's kick ass. Yep. So good. So good. And this is my favorite song off the album. So, well, you can tell here. why the, the, uh, plight of the african-american young male in, in our prison system and uh you are a jewish kid that grew up in framingham so i can see why you identify right away I mean, it's obvious it's like they were speaking to me Dave. <laughs> or for me i should yeah, say yeah yeah right? 
<laughs> oh, that's yeah. hysterical. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. We love what we love. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people love, I don't know if this is a great example, like Billy Joel's like, Goodnight Saigon. It's a touching song about Viet- song. Vietnam. We weren't in Vietnam, but no. but the, it's the artist's job to make us feel like we were, sort of. Correct. And so it's the artist's job to tell their story, and they did. Correct. I just saw Flavor in the video. He's in there. He's yeah, doing something. He's, he's talking <laughs> on the radio. They're coming. Him and the S1Ws are coming to rescue Chuck. Of course. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, Number eight. Again, this is my list, so we're going all over the place. Number eight is by the man, the myth, the legend, one of my all-time favorite artists, Prince Alphabet Street. No! Gyrating on the floor in the video. I'm going down to Alphabet Street. I'm gonna crown. First girl that I meet, I'm gonna talk. Wow, I had forgotten about this song, but I remember it. Walk me from my head to my feet. (laughs) Yes, you will. So funky. So funky. People sleep on Prince, Dave, to this They kind of do, yeah, yeah. The but guy I, is fucking brilliant. And his catalog is, runs really deep. Um, I think man, maybe the knock on him is he, he he didn't do a hell of a lot in the last, you know, 15 years of his life, right? M- much of it was, the bulk of it was in the 80s. But, uh, like, I had forgotten about this song. Great jam. Great great, jam. great to see it on your list. When right around the 4th of July, I did a podcast about, you know, uh, patriotic rock songs and had people send me them. And somebody sent me his version of America. Have you ever heard that? America. And yes, phenomenal. And I'd never heard it before. So you, you can go deep with Prince. You can just love the classics. Um, he, he had a song. I, I used to uh, freak out over the song he had. It was on the Risky Business soundtrack and it was called. DMSR, you know that song? I do. Dance music, yes. sex, romance. Yeah, and and that I just broke that out recently. I had forgotten how great that was. Such an underrated guitarist. I think people know by now, though. But do I, they? They think of well, him as weird. Like, like honestly, they like a loop him in with a Michael Jackson, and no knock on Michael Jackson, but Prince over Michael fucking Jackson. No, all what, day, what would you day. possibly criticize Michael Jackson for? <laughs> Um, so, no, no, no. I think uh, I, I, as a guitarist, uh, unreal, uh, you know, I used to under it, I think maybe properly read. I think people know by now the cat's out of the bag when he did that, uh, the performance at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh, when they, when they, weeps, yes. yeah, with the, when they were posthumously uh, inducting George Harrison, the solo artist, um, fucking phenomenal. And, you know, there's that, that. Or what turns out to be an urban myth, I guess, was when they asked Eric Clapton, what is it like to be the world's, years ago, what's it like to be the world's right. greatest living guitarist? And he said, I don't know. You should ask Prince. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. I think Love it's it. apocryphal, but let's pretend it really happened. Right. And yeah. just a little brief, brief, one more note on this. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, um, the very first time I saw Prince in concert was for this album, the Love Sexy album, mm. which if you remember, was him naked. Oh yeah, cover, that's right. Which was controversial he to get in naked his own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the best fucking shows ever. Ever. I have no doubt. Yeah, he's the fish that got away from me. I never saw him live. Oh man, you I missed know. it. It's, I know. What a great performer. Okay. You remember, on. remember when ahead. he was, appeared on some musical show and he he like turned his butt to the stage and the the back of his it was cut out. Yeah, it was cut. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, they knew he was going to do uh, that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Next. By the Holy Trinity themselves. I'm a big mark for these guys. Rush subdivisions. 
So Dave's making a face again. No, <laughs> Do you disagree? I'm, you don't like this. They're not my guys. But the reason I'm making a face is because they've been, uh, you know, mocked. Mocked is the wrong word. They've been sort of playfully made fun of by, in popular culture, like the movie I Love You, Man, and other things. Right. But they embrace it. Like, they don't care, yeah. and, which I think is cool. Um, I'm not a Rush guy, but I, but I get it. I get it. So tell this us, song, yeah, tell us why you love it. Yeah, so this song, first of all, I am a huge Rush guy. As a drummer, it's law. Oh, yeah. If you're a drummer, you love Rush because Neil Peart is fucking God on the drum kit. Like, as close as we'll ever know to what it's like to have divinity playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, my bro- my brothers, my big brothers, both got me into Rush as a kid growing up. How could you not? I'm the youngest yeah. of three boys, right? And this song was one that, as a kid going through high school and all this stuff about... It's all about being cool and fitting in and, like, the right. teenage angst. And I just thought, like, the meaning behind it, the musicianship of it... It's just fucking awesome. Wait, were you going there that like there's a there's a thing that like nerds like Rush or Oh, no? definitely. Oh, okay. Definitely. Because, yeah. I don't know. I I always thought I just didn't care for him that much. I mean, I, I liked a few songs. I like Tom Sawyer, you know, I, I could dig that. Um yeah, it's it I I love that vibe. There the in in similar fashion I saw a documentary last year about Twisted Sister. Yes. And you you think they're like this kind of jokey hair band, you know, D Snyder looks like a friggin' Muppet in the videos and all that. <laughs> but they, they were like a hardcore <laughs> uh kind of outcast rock uh, they played in the clubs of Long Island. D Snyder doesn't drink. He was a nerd, he was picked on as a kid. I love that theme motif yes. and, and rush has embodied there's, there's it too. a joke amongst us rush fans that you know it's guy rock it's nerdy guy rock you don't yeah, see not many a lot women. of women at the concerts <laughs> right, <laughs> no. right right right, right. Yeah. now i know some women in my life who are huge rush fans uh-huh. shout out laurie franzella uh-huh. but you know at the end of the day like it is what it is mm. and for me as a wannabe musician this is musicianship at its apex yeah each of these guys are at the top, the very, very top of their instruments and what they do. That I think they the other reason they get mocked a little bit is just because they they sing about you know and the dragons and the right. wizards and that, it's <laughs> like it's like wow are, are these guys from like you know some old town in England? No, they're from Canada. Okay, well, uh, um, but you know what? Music's supposed to be fun. Like I I listen to ABBA. I can't class. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, me too. I, I, me right. too. I'm and, not ashamed. And, right, and you have to it, it, embrace whatever it is that yeah. floats your boat. So it's but great. But this the lyric in this of be cool or be cast out. Like, Ooh, very cool. Very cool and so, true. That's yeah. high school. That's it, like in a nutshell. Right, right. I like that. Yeah. I really do because yeah. I was cast out because I listened to Billy Joel while and almost got beaten up because I wasn't listening to the Clash. It's like give oh, me a fuck those give me a break, man. Dicks. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, moving on. We'll move on. Number six is actually one a lot of you might have on your lists, and I don't deny greatness just because it's popular. <laughs> it's by the seminal rock group ACDC. Back in black. Perhaps the greatest opening riff of all time. I think the Beastie Boys would agree, wouldn't they? Yes. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't know this? Everyone should. Right. Who doesn't know it? Serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Communists. People don't realize here's Brian Johnson's raspy. This was Brian Johnson's first album with ACDC. Oh, I know. I know a little bit of the history. Go ahead, Dave. Give it to us. Oh, no. I'm going to quiz you. Yeah. um, How would you describe the expectations for this album? People were pissed. (laughs) Why? 
because Bon Scott was the guy. Dead, yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, if David Lee Roth died at the apex of Van Halen. Yep. Right? And people love Sammy. There's the Sammy camp. But this is different. This is the one time Rock. I'm gonna. This is blasphemy to a lot of ACDC fans. I'm about to say, I think he's better. I think he is too. And I, <laughs> you and, sometimes you and I save, share the same brain. Yeah, I, I brought this up on a different podcast about. Can you think of another uh, instance where a lead singer was replaced and did not only didn't miss a beat, but probably got better and. This is the it, only one off and the top the, of the my head. Van Halen is the is the great counter argument. In other words, you could see Van Halen tried it three times, yes. and it never worked. Gary Sharon from Extreme. <laughs> I know. <Right. laughs> that was ill-advised, right? So, yeah, people were wary of what Brian Johnson was going to sound like. They tried out a shitload of, um, uh, of replacements for Bon Scott. Um, some famous ones. I don't recall them off the top of my head, but in the end, they went with this guy. And this song is uh, its a tribute to Scott. Yes. So talk about a such a cool little story, a turning point. And it's awesome. It's a fucking awesome <laughs> it's a song. It's a fucking yeah, awesome yeah. song. And some, I heard someone say recently, sorry, Ed, it's your yeah. pod, but but that Go. The, the way this song started, first, song, first track on the album, right? Yep. It was appropriate because, like, we kept you waiting this long. Who knows what they're going to sound like with Brian Johnson? There's there's a good I don't know what forty five seconds before he sings right, it. Ten, yeah. It's like tensions building, building. Yes. Come on, and uh, all all great part of the story. Yeah, my brother was telling me over dinner the other night about uh, this was a Howard interview with Brian Johnson. Yep. I love Howard. I used to love Howard Stern. Sure. And he did a thing where he said he had a theory to Brian Johnson that you could sing anything and it would rock. Yep. And so he said, sing the the um, the hokey pokey. <laughs> and there's a yep. famous clip of it where he goes, you put your ass on it! <laughs> oh my God, I love it. And I believe it without yeah. even hearing that clip. Yeah, I remember the writer Chuck... <laughs> I remember it's it's not the most revolutionary line, but the writer Chuck Klosterman wrote, "No one ever rocked harder than ACDC." Never, and that doesn't mean they're the greatest band of all time. But I know exactly you, what you mean. Yeah, if yeah. you're a music fan, you know what that they rock hard. Like you know, um, you know the the Beatles rocked, but they didn't rock like Queen. You know, right. the the and Queen rocked, but they didn't rock quite like ACDC. Correct. And look, Beatles are my all time favorite band. Right. Helter Skelter is them rocking. Yeah. Right. However. ACDC rocks harder. Right. Harder. Okay. You just turned into Mr. Schneebly from School of Rock. <laughs> Talking about bands right, that exactly. rock. <laughs> Mega death. Uh, all right. Number five is by my second favorite group of all time. And there's so many choices, but I'm going to go off the single greatest rap album of all time. The very first track, Shake Your Rump by the Beastie Boys. Come on, Perfection. I'm pimping. He's shrimping. My man MCA's got a beard like a billy goat. Uh, we have to wait to the to the quote unquote chorus. Here. Okay, you got it. This is coming up in. This is the chorus. This noise. So good. What is that noise? It's Mr. Sound Guy, first off. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is a chorus. It's like a bass, it's a bass sandwich. You're saying this, really? This is a chorus? Yes. No lyrics. There's just no, that sound? Nope. Wow. Yeah. 
Bad breath. With your bad breath. Onion rings. <laughs> all right. We can stop. I'm sorry. I could go all day with this. Well, these, this is a good example of what I talked about before. These guys can't sing. They'll, they'll be the first ones to tell oh, you they definitely. can't sing. Yeah. Didn't, doesn't matter. But they're what makes them that you know it's the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. The second yeah. you hear a Beastie Boys song. As I said, Paul's Boutique, to me, is the fucking Sgt. Peppers of rap. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. It it was like uh, there was probably a point where the rap community would say, you know, white white dudes can try to rap, but they'll never really be able to do it. And it's these three punky kids. Where are they from? Jewish New York, kids. New York? Jewish from kids. Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. Yeah. They said, what can we do to possibly compete with Run DMC and, and others like that? We have to get really fucking creative. And they and that's exactly what they did. I mean, th- their songs are such a, ma- a masterpiece, a combination of the the humor and the lyrics, the humor, ca- the catch, the catchy yeah. lyrics, and then the sounds, the collection of sounds that this this yeah. album is all the first. Uh, they said there's a lot of writing about anniversary of Paul's Boutique that they couldn't make it today with all the sampling. Right. Oh right, be, right, right. It would right. be hundred million dollar album. Yeah, to do this. Because they asked for permission for right. all with it, yeah. Little Which, trivia about this song: go ahead, yeah. it samples a bong hit. <laughs> it does. The very first sampled bong hit. That's, co- <laughs> that's copyright free, right there. Just grab a bong and go. Um, what's your favorite Beastie Boy lyric of all time? Do you have one? Oh my God, there's so many. I'm gonna have to think about that. I, it's off the top of my head, go. It looks like you have. one. I have one because there's more to me than you'll ever know, <laughs> and I got more hits than Sadaharu. Yes. Oh, do you know? Just, first of ahead. all, uh, that used to be my Twitter bio. You got more yes. hits than Sadaharu. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, that used to be what I had on my Twitter. Like, who comes up with that? Like, it, so they what? If you don't know, Sahadru, Sahad, I think I was put <laughs> on Sahadru. Baseball hits leader. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. home runs leader. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was a hits leader. Maybe he was that too, but. But to pick that one, because it, it flowed in the in the re, in the rhyme so nicely, so you couldn't say, "And I got more hits than George Brett." You know, obviously, you, you, it was just a stroke of genius. Yes, I love it. So clever. Awesome. All right, all praise the Beasties. All right, moving on. Number rest four. In, rest in peace. Right. Which one died? Number four. Uh, MCA. MCA. Yeah. Rest in peace. Number four for me is from a band that I don't really dig, especially as a Beatles fan. But I give props where it's due. It's "Bitch" by the Rolling Stones. This riff, great, great fucking riff. And people don't remember horns coming in oh, yeah, later yeah. on this song. Big what time a, horns, yeah. I, like I said, I like the Stones, but I don't love the Stones. Right. Right. I've always liked them, but they've never been something I'll be like, I'll seek out except this fucking song. Yeah. This I, song. I can't I, I can't get up uh, enthusiasm to go see them play in concert. And everyone's saying they sound great and everything, and that's great, but... There's always the part that they leave off. The, they sound great for dudes in their 70s. Right. It's yeah. late 70s. Yeah. But this, oh, as soon as I saw this on your list, Dad, I was like, it's a, it's a great pick. Great it's, fucking uh, song. This is the Stones at their stonesiest. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. And this was the album with the, the zipper shot cover yeah. of mixed penis. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. You could, you could, back in the day on when they had actual thing called albums, children, yeah. you would unzip it. There Such was a, a zipper. Gimmick. There was an actual right. zipper on it. Yeah. I thought it was weird when you used the same thing for your wedding invitations, though, Ed. It was a little, it's a little odd. Did I cross the line there? <laughs> and it was an actual picture behind it, too? <laughs> it's kind of a dick move. Thank but you. But this is, this is why, one of the reasons I love the crows, the black crows, that is, is because they remind me of the stones, but even grittier. Yep. This is the stones gritty. Yep. This is gritty rock. 
straight up like we're gonna kick your fucking ass. Yes, Rolling Stones. Yeah, there's something dangerous about the way this music, this sound. It's like the, the horns make it sound even more dramatic and almost haunting. And th- this is this isn't this probably w- might not even make their list of like Billboard top no, five. I don't I'm think sure, it was I'm a sure, hit. I'm sure it wouldn't. Yeah, but. Fan, fantastic choice. Thank Love you. it. There's Thank a reason you. why so many Stone songs are in like Martin Scorsese yeah. movies because because they've got that that great sound. Yeah, he does love the Stones, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, he, he does. Yeah. I think um, "Can't You Hear Me Knocking" is right. in like that's in every it, by yeah. law. Uh, yeah, by law. <laughs> in like, every Martin Scorsese movie, he could do a rom com <laughs> and somehow he would work it in. Yeah. Okay, number three. I'm gonna get a little emotional because it was my wedding song. It's by the single greatest human being outside of Tom Brady <laughs> to ever live. By Paul McCartney. Maybe I'm amazed. Little trivia. This was the first solo release hit by Paul after really? the Beatles. Baby, McCartney, the album. The one with him and his baby on Before the Wings or Before Wings. Before Wings. And he wrote it for Linda, as we're seeing here in this video. Listen to that. So it's a ballad, but it's a ballad that rocks, if that makes sense. When the guitar solo starts coming in, God, this is is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I've always loved this song. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's always always been one of my favorites, and sometimes it... It kind of sort of gets forgotten because just because it's this nuanced thing where it's him solo and it was, yeah, you listen, know, right. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, it's like so recognizable, yeah. too. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I yeah, just, no, it, it's just it. And I have a rule about ballads. No, I don't have a rule about ballads. There are no <laughs> rules here. No, but I, 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 I'm so hot and cold on ballads, like a classic ballad. Like, I don't know. Like you Heaven put, by Brian Adams, for example. Yeah, I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm out on that. And yeah. I love I love Brian Adams, but I cannot listen to that. Um, I admit I'll listen to Desperado, or at least I did. And yes. it used to be one of my yes. favorites. And, and I don't know what it is. It has to have balls. Like, I, I love a great uh, soft rock song like... Um, the things we do for love by 10 cc like why, oh, you like that one love it. yeah love i mean it. i, I yeah. freaking love that song and yet some ballads completely miss the mark on me it's like just just right. just show me a bridge to jump jump off this one is is pretty close to a perfect song yeah this one it's my it. wife and i's song since yeah. we were dating it's it's never mind that meaning which is special but it's also this is just perfection this is paul at his fucking apex yep like and this was him again first big hit after leaving the beatles yep see that your podcast is about learning for me see for my wedding song i picked a rod stewart song which song and we're, and we're divorced so that's the way that we <laughs> now we <laughs> what song was it, uh, the final acclaim you're in my heart oh in it's my a heart. great song it is a great song. great song no i stand by the choice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay we had a good run God love you, Paul. All right. Number two, we're going furthest thing from a ballad. We're going through a song that's going to get your ass on the dance floor by the 77 old pop group, oh, yes. funk group, Earth, Wind, from and Fire. Beginning. Let's groove. And the famous signature horns from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ugh. If you're not shaking your head right now, listening, I don't want to fucking know you. You don't have a soul. Oh, my God. Now, 
Some might argue September is the bigger Earth, Wind, and Fire jam. Yeah, I saw recently, you know, as we record this, it's early October, but the I didn't know September 21st was like, is that what yeah. it is? The, tw- the There's all the kinds of funny, yeah, all kinds of funny videos that day. <laughs> I like that. That's that's funny. And that is great. But hey, I can't argue against this. This is fantastic song. This is an amazing song. It's just one of those songs that, while September by law has to be played <laughs> right. at every bar mitzvah or wedding yep. ever, it's like the law when you sign a contract. Oh, naturally. <laughs> naturally. Yeah. This should be the one by law. Should be. Should be. And yeah. I, what, you know what? Well, I, Go ahead. Well, well, as Coleman's girlfriend said to him in Training Places, can't we have both? Right. Yes, we can have both. You can never have enough Earth, Wind, and Fire, by right. the way. Yep. Boogie Wonderland, another fucking awesome oh, yeah. jam by then. Yeah. But this is like, to me, them at their funkiest. Them at their most danciest. Like, yep. them, like even watching this video, it's fucking bananas. Like, yeah. what am I watching here? Like, I, th- I think, I don't want to put out false information. I think, like, are the first three verses sung by three different dudes... I know it, it switches up, I think. Well, and Philip Bailey's the chorus. Yeah. That that high pitch. That's always him. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember in I remember back in college I went to school in the late eighties and, and uh I mean this is a seventies song, I think, but anyway, um there was a weird tradition at Penn at the time it was a, a big um uh, what do you call it? Lip syncing. There was a lip sync competition. Uh-huh. And a bunch of my fraternity brothers, they were like you know, eight of them together. They wanted to come up with something where it would make sense to have eight dudes on stage. Of course, it's eight white Jewish dudes, but never mind that. So they picked this song, and I remember each guy. Maybe that's just the way they split it up. But you know, earth, wind, fire—they all have a role in the song. <laughs> that's you know? right. So, yeah. All the elements. Yeah. yeah, right. Even the fifth element. If you've <laughs> right. never seen that movie, right. sure. Uh, yeah. Multipass. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you just can't help yourself, man. I cannot yep. help myself. Yep. Fabulous, fabulous song. If you don't dig on Earth, Wind, and Fire, you should. They're fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. I saw them in concert. Um, Did you? Yeah, maybe two years ago. No. Oh, yeah. They, they, they came. They, let's see. I think Chic opened up for them, I think. Oh, what at, a cool at the show. Garden. I, I brought my son, Adrian. And, um, oh, from the minute the show started, I forget what song they started with, but it was just just what you would expect. Like eight different dudes going doing all different kinds of stuff on stage, like laser beams and all that kind of <laughs> yes! stuff. Of course, I later found out, which didn't bother me, but it's like there's like one dude left from the original right. cast. I think it's <laughs> Philip Bailey still is the only one alive. I don't think Bailey, uh, he's alive. I don't think he oh, was in this particular not, uh, edition of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right, no, I'm going to throw a little trivia at you. Okay. Philip Bailey had a second act. Yep. He had a big hit. What was it outside of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Was it a duet? Yes. Was it Easy Lover? Yes! <laughs> yes! Another jam oh, I, I love fucking love, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Let's get serious. To anyone who knows me is going to be from the greatest group of all time. Outside of Mozart and Beethoven, or Beethoven, <laughs> as Bill and Ted's once said. <laughs> by the way, you'll, you'll part. I have to say this yes. aside. I'm sorry, but but the can't, you'll see where I'm going. I'm in Kansas City Chiefs. Did you hear what Kansas City Chiefs coach... Andy Reid told his team after no, they won a no, tough game what? in the locker room. He's 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 sitting there and he's trying to say it was an ugly win. So he says, first thing he says, you know what? Not all of Mozart's paintings were classics. <laughs> he said this. That's like a Yogi Berra is, exactly. if there ever was was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it's obviously the Beatles. And again, if you don't respect the Beatles, who the fuck do you think you are? It's the greatest song ever written in my mind in my life. I, I get goosebumps. There are places I remember all my life Though some have changed, some forever, not for better 
day. Talk about how, a song that still holds up. Oh, you my know? God. Who doesn't know that melody, first off? Um, you know what I noticed? I don't know. Uh, listeners might not be listening to this in stereo, but those first few bars of the guitar were only in the left channel. And I, I feel like bands don't do that anymore. Wow. Bands used to mess around with that. I mean, the car is famously in moving in stereo. If yes. You listen to that in stereo, it goes... <laughs> There's it, another song, by the way, that I'm always going to associate with one scene in a movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is not the number one thing moving in stereo is known <laughs> no, for. No, no, it's known for Phoebe Case. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, anyway, but anyhow, on. you're right. It's George George uh, Martin's production, all of those things that make this. But it's the songwriting. So John, for a big Beatles dork like me, he wrote this about looking back on his life, right, and picturing himself on a bus driving through his life and his memories. And it's just beautiful. This, I mean, we're talking like 17th century piano style here. You're hearing as yeah. the breakdown. Yeah. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's haunting. It's meaningful. Like this gets me. I don't know why. Every time in my cell, and I tear up when I hear the song. It's got that meaning. I said to my kids at my funeral, "I want this played." Oh boy. Yeah. I've thought about that. Like this is the song I want to play. Um, I met another dude who picked the, already picked the song that I would have wanted. It's a uh, "Spirit in the Sky" by Norman Greenbaum. Great song. song, yeah. But that's going to get people moving. Like I want people crying. <laughs> I, their know, ass I, wa- out I know. I want. When it. it's time for me, like they better fucking mourn for months. Yours is better. It is. No, it's. It, let me ask you this though. So yeah. what? What you? I think what you just you just encapsulated the song nicely and why you like. I mean, I think you said why you like it. it, it it's. It's. Uh, it's sentimental, but it's got a streak of hope in it. It's yes. like he's looking back and thinking of all the places he's been and, and um, you know, trying to um, muster what? Hope, pride, happiness, whatever yeah. it is, all good. But what? tell me this. How, how do you feel about a guy who writes a song called In My Life when he's only... How old could he have been? 26, uh, he had 28? To be 26, 27 yeah. years yeah. old. So I'm not... This is not a knock. I'm just asking you. Yeah. How, how do you... It there like t- normally I would be like <laughs> you know shit exactly young man. yeah but we're talking about John yeah. like one of these guys are all prodigies except it, uh, it's it's right like uh, except Ringo like Tiger Woods like <laughs> yeah. any fourteen year old was gonna teach me how to swing a golf club I'd be like oh, fuck you little young man but yeah if Tiger Woods did it it's different I I think about this for some reason it it's almost a tradition of rock and roll for um, artists to be sentimental and look back when they really don't have that much to look back right. upon. Um, you know, Brian Adams wrote the summer of 69. He in, wasn't in, even a kid. He was like, like eight a, years yeah, old right, or yeah, something. Right. So he couldn't have had that many ex- meaningful experiences. Steven Tyler sings to me one, one of the most beautiful lyrics in, in rock history. Every time I look in the mirror, all my, all these lines in my face getting clearer and dream on. And he was a young man when he did in his twenties yeah. for yeah. sure. How, and, and so I just, it, I just marvel at it to be able to capture that kind of thing because you and I have had these conversations, not, not about music, just about life. I don't think you know shit until you get to about 40 years old I agree. when you've, when you've really endured some of the slings and arrows of life, you've learned a few things and, but somehow these guys, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, with the Beatles, maybe they probably grew up quicker than we did. You know, I mean, you, you probably, they probably had to fend for themselves as young men a little no bit. Doubt. Yeah. But I mean, this just, this is, this is perfection. 
Yep. It is. Uh, Rolling Stone, or one of the big music periodicals, came out with the top 100 songs ever, and it was number one on there. This was number one. Yeah. Wow. Um, I just, It's just beautiful. Um, it's one of those, like, even your kids who've never heard the Beatles will know this song. The melody is timeless. And it's just so meaningful. It just gets me with the lyric, the 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 melody, the sound, the John's voice, all of it. I'm sorry, I could dork out about the Beatles forever. Well, if there's a band that deserves it, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, it's still uh, it like as great as they were. Wouldn't you think that by now a band might have somewhat kind of approached their success because they broke up in what circa 1970? Here's the thing. They did everything right. before they were 30. Right. They broke up before they were right. 30, Dave. Right. Yeah, me and my buddy used, <laughs> used to make jokes about the fact that if you look at the photos along the way, they they changed, like you see photos of them with the mop tops, yes. uh, like as they look like they're about, you know, 15 years old and they're not much older. And then you look at photos later on and they've got the beards and they've already like done the drugs with the Maharishi and everything. Right. It's like, wow, they changed. And then, it, but if you really dig a little bit, you realize those photos are only like one year apart. Yes. Like they, they yeah. just, they changed so quickly. They, they, it's almost like they went through a, bring it back to the song, I guess. They went through a lifetime in the, you know, 10 years or so they were together, right? They've even yeah they're together they about ten never, years. Yeah. I, I'm not just saying this as an old fogey about you know burgers cost a quarter back in my day and yep. I walk backyards you know back way to school up yeah, the yeah. hill. There will never be anything close to them ever again. No, I mean no one's even give, uh, gotten in a in a stone's throw no. of, of what they've done. I mean the Rolling Stones. If you if you no, put, the chasm between the Beatles and the Stones I, is giant. Well, we could talk about that forever. Yeah. But but at, in the, at the very least, they've turned out a similar amount of music at the Beatles. Like, but not to do as to turn out as many friggin' hits as they they only have something like 117 songs or right. something like that. Is that right? Um, and and you know we've probably heard of almost all of them and in fact much of of the world has heard of of most of them and like you know i think janet jackson has probably like you know 45 top 100 hits or something but you've probably only heard of three of them correct right? you know? right. and so and 20 years from now right they will have known none did you enjoy the movie yesterday? I forget oh, what we were yes, talking about. I it was did. great. I really did. It wasn't perfect, but I it was... told you they stole my fucking idea. They did. That's yeah. right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Ed. Sorry. Uh, but yes, I mean, God. I mean, so. Anyways, I could go on about the Beatles. They get me. But there's the list. If you disagree with the list, you, you know, again, you're probably someone who doesn't have a soul. But on top of that, if you don't know these songs, you got to check them out. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun for me, for Dave. Until next time. Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I was getting fired up. I know. I hate to uh, to interrupt you in mid-fire up, but uh, where can people find you? Ed? Sure. At Ed Nathanson on Twitter. Redpilltalent.com on the interwebs. Ed Nathanson on LinkedIn. At Ed underscore Nathanson on Instagram. At Are You Not Entertained on Instagram. Until next time. Are You Not Entertained? You don't respect the Beatles. Who the fuck do you think you are?